The reading is taken from St. Matthew's Gospel, uh, chapter 21, uh, beginning to read at verse 33. St. Matthew 21, verse 33. Listen to another parable. Excuse me. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them more than the first time, and the tenants treated them in the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do with those tenants? He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone? The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. He who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Andrew. Bit of light reading this morning for us. (laughs) Um, Wonderful to be here. Let's pray. Father, we lift this morning to you. We thank you, Lord, for all you are doing and will continue to do in our lives. Amen. So um, it's wonderful to have baptized Olivia this morning. It's so exciting and a real privilege for me to be part of that and to be praying for you guys as we continue to pray for you uh, as a church. And we love you and we're very glad you're here this morning. And we hope we can continue supporting you uh, as time marches on. We are going through a few other parables at the moment in Matthew. So... um, Bear with us and keep your Bibles open if you've got them open or uh, use your phones. I trust you implicitly. Use your phones if you've got a Bible app on there. 
you want to look at eBay, that's fine. That's up to you as well. But um, we're going to be doing that. But just to say as well, as Katie said earlier, we're week two of Alpha. It's not too late to join us. We had 45 guests last week, uh, which is uh, pretty amazing. And so please do join us if you want to. Ideally, email or sign up online just so that we can cater the extra olive for you or something. It's a, a light supper. It's not a big roast dinner. It's a light supper. But do let us know so we can support you in that as well. So last week, Andrew talked us through the parable of the two sons, which is, if you flick over a page, and that's only shown in Matthew. It's not in the other Gospels. It's just in Matthew, the parable of the two sons, where one son, both the sons are asked to do something by their dad, and one says, of course I'll do it, and doesn't do it. And the other one says, no, I won't do it, and then does it. And it's interesting to wonder where we're at in that, are we someone who says, yeah, I'll do that, and I'm not going to do it at all, or don't do it, and then do it. And then this morning, the parable of the tenants, which is a, it's one that's in the, uh, the three synoptic gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it's in those three gospels, so you feel like it's, it's a more important story here. Uh, it's filled with biblical imagery, uh, and it's uh, planting of a vineyard, protection, that sort of thing. It's a, it's a, a story that Often we, 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 we've heard many times, or maybe we think we know it, but I'm just going to go through it with us. And obviously, you know, let's break all the myths. The landowner represents God. The vineyard is the kingdom of God. The tenants are the religious people at the time. The slaves that keep being killed or beaten up uh, are the prophets. And the son is... We're at Sunday school. It's that one question. Who's the son? Jesus. And the new tenants, the new tenants that are talked about at the end is most likely the church. That's who we are today. And the, the parable is a bit like salvation history. God continuing and wanting to be in relationship with us. And, and, and throughout the Bible, it's all about God wanting that relationship with us. God loves you and wants to be in relationship with you. So what the Bible's about is it's thread all the way through. And it's, it's really important. And God continually sends people to, to get us back on track. And most often these prophets were not listened to. The Old Testament, full of the prophets who were there to tell uh, God's people to turn back to God. Now's your chance. Turn back to God. Repeatedly. Sometimes with quite stern warnings. But the leaders and the Jews uh, uh, do not seem to listen. Particularly now when God sends his son, as the vineyard owner sent his son, the leaders turned against him and have Jesus killed. And therefore the kingdom is for a new people, for Christians. And the parable helps us understand God's patience. But I think it also tells us a little bit about our stewardship of the world around us. And our lives. Let's look at that. So that first lesson is God's incredible patience. The story really is about God, the landowner, the vineyard owner. And he invests a lot in the vineyard. Verse 33 tells us that he planted, he set, he dug, he built. And uh, there's really strong verbs there. Caring, loving attitude from the um, owner, the landowner, the vineyard owner, about the, the vineyard. Then he goes away and he trusts, entrusts it to, to tenants, to till, to cultivate and to harvest. 
And he expects, of course, that it will produce fruit. And as any landowner, they'll, they'll want to see, the, see that fruit. But he placed a lot of trust in the tenants, just as God trusts us. And then when he's ready to claim his harvest, the master sends representatives not once but twice. And his, his patience seems unending. The first group, we're told, are beaten, stoned or killed. The second group of slaves or servants meet the same fate. But the owner's still patient. And he thinks, well, I'll tell you what, I'll send my son. Surely they'll listen to him. The actual words are, they will respect my son. But again, of course, the wicked tenants fail and, and they kill the son. Now, of course, an ordinary person would, by this stage, have given up even before sending the son and probably uh, sent some legal representative or armed forces to sort them out to claim what's rightfully his. But the landowner, God, isn't like that. He repeatedly gives us chance after chance after chance. And he sends his son, as he, he does Jesus on the cross, that we can be in relationship with the Father. I think eventually that God, and even God, seems to run out of patience because Jesus asks the Pharisees in verse 40 um, what the owner of the vineyard would do when he returns, when, when, his, when he finds his son has been killed. And even they say, verse 41, well, he, he will miserably destroy those miserable men and will lease out the vineyard to other farmers who will give him the fruit in the season. Of course, they're not stupid, these Pharisees, because they, they realize in verse 45 that he's talking about them. They realize it's about them. And a, a parable is, is a story, if you like. It's a, a, a way for us to understand a bit of what, what God wants us to understand. God is patient. But even he has a limit, it seems, to that from what we read here. But God's love is for, all the way through that Bible. And he gives chance after chance after chance. Then that stewardship, and that I think applies to us as Christians, our responsibility. If we can just for a moment see ourselves as the tenants, if you like, which you think, well, no, I'm nothing like them. But just imagine, we're the tenants of God's kingdom. We're provided with everything. We're given freedom. And yet instead of sometimes showing the faith that God requires, the love that God requires, we, we rely on our own instincts. And the behavior of these tenants is an example in some ways of our rebelliousness against God. The people of God resisting God's love. God who created us to love us and be in relationship with us. And yet we somehow don't want that. And maybe we can be surprised by the murder of the slaves, the murder of the son. But look at what happens in the news this week. Look at just the news last night. Even locally, if you get the local news, there's, uh, recently there's been stabbings and all sorts of things. The servants in the parable worked the land, but they treated the land as if it was their own. They worked as if it was for themselves. They forgot that actually it belongs to God. Yet somehow they imagine it's theirs. They owe something to the landowner, to the vineyard owner, but they don't really want to give it. Maybe that's the same for us sometimes. Maybe we sometimes think that it's us who's done this, that we choose these things 
and that we're not really living under God's authority? Are we under that delusion that we, we have ownership? Do we think that the things we own are going to be with us forever, that when we die, there'll be a, such a big hole to put everything in? Because we can't take it with us, can we? And whose is it in the first place? Who does it really belong to? The Bible reminds us that we owe something back to God. And sometimes in church, people hear, people, uh, uh, often it's the, it's the treasurer saying, oh, we should be tithing to the church and giving to the church. And sometimes we find that hard to hear. But actually, who does it belong to? If you truly believe it's from God, you, you want to give it away sometimes to God's work. If we really understood who the owner is, we wouldn't object to that. Yet these workers in this parable, they've become, a gr- they've become accustomed, it would appear, because he says he went away for a long time, to a sense of their own uh, entitlement, their own ownership, as if they owned the vineyard themselves. They probably worked very hard for it, probably did a, a good job, but it was never really theirs. The landowner says, you don't own anything. You never did. As God says, you've never owned what you didn't create. We're like, if you like, we're like tenants ourselves in God's vineyard. And Matthew also here makes it very clear in verse 41 that this new tenants, the ones who come afterwards, have that same responsibility. They may again be thinking like us that we work for ourselves, but it is that same responsibility. And then there's this incredibly tough verse, verse 44, which in some manuscripts and some Bible versions is actually missed out. It says in verse 44, the one who falls on this stone, Jesus, will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. And it's a tough message to hear sometimes tough uh, allied with that love that God gives us but the reality is sometimes we do need to make a choice sometimes we do need to make a choice it's someone once said it's it's like you can't the commentary one commentator you can't break God's laws you can only break yourself on them bit like you can't break the law of gravity you can only break yourself by ignoring it and that's for all of us a choice that we have to make do we want to do we choose God and Jesus? And that reminds us that our faith should also be the cornerstone of our life. Not just here on a Sunday, but every part of our daily life that we go through. Pivotal and important. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that we can learn from this passage but the incredible love that you have and patience you have for us, God. Help us to be good stewards of what we have. Help us to put you first, Jesus, in our lives, that you become the cornerstone of all we do. Father, may we today know your grace and mercy. And Father, may we never take for granted the things you give us, such as health, friendships, family, even our incomes. And may we use them to your glory. Amen.